Hi, I'm Michael. And I'm John. And we are... Brothers on a Tangent. Two brothers from Utah that decided to start a podcast together. And today, John... We are winging it. Yep, we are winging it so hard. We looked at our list of topics and we were like, wow, these are not good. We don't know what to talk about. And so we each messaged our significant others. Because uh, they're the ones with the good ideas. They are the brains of our operations. So we got a couple of really good answers from each of them, I think. I think we'll go ahead and start with our suggestion from Libby. Some of our favorite things. Uh, raindrops on roses. I know there's more to that, and I don't know what it is. Whiskers on kittens. Something with mittens. Yeah, I only know those two. Do we have anything for the recap, John? I know it's only been like less than a week since we recorded last. Not that I can think of. Okay, small recap. I've been re-watching The Witcher recently. Oh, yeah? This is not a recap for the show. This is just michael reminiscing on his life oh my god dude it's so fucking good it is it really is like i really enjoyed it. i i watched it when it came out and yeah. i watched it again because like i was halfway through it when shelby was like oh what are you watching and i was like oh we're starting over uh-huh and then uh shelby and i just rewatched it this past week like we watched the whole damn thing over again so awesome dude i i love the witcher like it's interesting because like i've played maybe four hours of the witcher 3 the video game i haven't played any of the other witcher games Uh i just played the witcher 3 because aj gave it to me like he didn't really he wasn't really getting into it and so he gave it to me and then i wasn't really getting into it and so like i played like four hours of it it was really good it just wasn't my bag of tea but the show man the show is phenomenal so for any of our listeners out there who haven't watched the show definitely go watch it a little bit of guidance there there is definitely like nudity and swearing and violence keep that in mind if you're sensitive to any of those things but it's phenomenal show it's pretty great i really enjoyed it i also had witcher and i only got like four hours into it too i i barely got into it as well interesting Witcher three i don't know like i've heard such good things about it as a game me too and i just it just i don't know i don't i don't even know what it was about it i just wasn't getting into it same here. I don't know why. It's just right. Like I, I, I made it through like the first main area that you go into. You end up fighting a griffin, which is pretty cool. Like that's kind of the big boss fight of the area. Yeah, I do but, remember fighting the griffin. But I didn't play it past that. Like I don't know what it was. It just wasn't intriguing as a game. It just didn't stick out to me. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it was. Game. I don't know. It just. So, anyways, there's my attempt at a segue, John. What's your favorite video game? I have a lot of favorites. I have a lot of games that I enjoy. And I feel like we've discussed this before. We've kind of discussed video games. I don't know. Maybe we did state our favorites. But I feel like that is always subject to how we're feeling at the moment. Just like pretty much any favorite is. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and give me your uh, your favorite video game. Like as, as you're feeling now, I suppose. As I'm feeling now. I don't know. I've been playing a lot of games with Libby recently. Okay. And I've been enjoying that, especially because... What, what have you guys been playing? We've been playing what's known as the Quantic Dream Collection, which is... So, Quantic Dream is... Is that game is that the one you mentioned company? in the last episode? Where, I'm like, death sure. is the energies and stuff? Oh, yes. Beyond Two Souls. That That's one of the games in it. Oh, okay. So, that's part of, like, that collection? Yes. So, it's okay. a collection of Very three cool. of their games. Heavy Rain, which is a, one of their more, more well-known ones, and Detroit Become Human are two of the most known ones. 
And then there's also Beyond. Oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. So Detroit Become Human is part of that collection? Yes. Oh, okay. So that one I have heard of before. So they're each all their separate games, but they got a collection of them. They they made like a collection. Okay, so like they're they're all just kind of made by the same company, but they're different storylines and everything. Yes. So Beyond Two Souls released on PS3, and I think I think Heavy Rain was also a PS3 game. Okay. But they revamped them for PS4 and then released this collection after the success of Detroit. Right, because Detroit Become Human became very successful. I know, like even Mom played it. Yeah, she enjoyed it. She loved it. I got her to play it, and she really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. See, I, I haven't played it at all. Mostly because, to me, it seemed a lot like one of those like choice-based games, like very heavily choice-based, which yes. isn't bad, but I'm also not a- opposed to just a straightforward storyline. So I really like the choice games. I've I've been having a lot of fun. Me and Libby have been having a lot of fun with them because, you know, your actions have consequences. You make all these different choices. It the story plays out in different ways by doing that. So right now that's that's mostly what I've been playing is those. Which, I mean, like having the choices have consequences and change the story, like it's a really cool concept, but it's not a selling point for me. It's something I can take or leave. It doesn't matter. It's not a selling point. And Detroit Become Human feels like that is the main selling point. And so it, ju- it just didn't interest me. Yeah, some of my some of my favorite games are, you know, your your actions have repercussions. Like one that I really got into as a kid was Fable Three, because you have to make all of these mm. different choices. I do remember us talking about that one evil last time and whatnot. Yeah, I do remember talking about that last time. And so it's just those like choices and actions have repercussions later in mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy it. My choices actually mean something. They're not just one-off things <laughs> right right or just like oh yeah you made this choice but you ended up in the same place anyway I mean, a yeah lot of, i mean a that's lot of them uh ended that way but i mean we kind of talked about it before or at least it was brought up until dawn until dawn is is pretty much exactly what you said where like you can make all these choices along the way to, like it's still going to end up in the same place like different characters might might not survive the night but other than that it's like it doesn't actually change the story Especially because, like, there's this one twist where it's revealed that somebody is involved with everything that's happening. And, like, there's nothing you can do to change that, even though the choices kind of leading up to it make it seem like there is. That was just one frustration I had with that game. And and kind of choice-based games in general. There There is only so much you can code for. Like, I get that. And that's where I think, like, tabletop games come in. There is no limit to what consequences your choices can have when you're playing something like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, exactly. And I'm starting to get back into it and I'm so excited. Good good transition. What are some Thank of your you. favorite tabletop games? Say what your favorite video games are and then go into I was going to say I, I feel like we kind of already, you know, had the video game conversation, but my favorite video games of all time, dun dun dun, are pr- uh, probably the Elder Scrolls games. Like I Skyrim is good, but it probably takes third for me. And then Morrowind and Oblivion. Uh, yeah, Oblivion would be my first choice for my Oblivion. favorite video game of all time. Ugh. Mostly for the nostalgia. I played the hell out of that video game. I knew everything there was no there was to know in that video game. Which I think we discussed last time we, we yep. talked about we this. We did discuss. So we're off to a real strong start. Let's just... Uh, 
Why don't we just go back through our catalog and talk about everything we've already talked about, John? Hell yeah. Anyways, you want to talk about favorite tabletop games. For some clarification, this tabletop games, are we going to include like board games, card games? Yes. Just all of the above, anything that you play in person with people? Yes. Okay. Man, that's a tough one. So lately I've been really into Warhammer 40k, which is a like futuristic, I almost want to say apocalyptic, but it's not really apocalyptic because everything is apocalyptic in that game. Like it's, it's grimdark. It's actually where the term grimdark comes from. If you're familiar with that. Really? Yeah. Do you know what grimdark is? Should I just explain it anyways explain it anyway for so the listeners grimdark is essentially it's kind of a genre but it's more like a genre for a setting rather than any specific type of media in order for your setting to be grimdark it has to be <clears throat> grim and dark um, wow the idea is ultra realism where essentially like there are no happy endings in life, there can be happy endings, but most of the time we just kind of feel upset and like we're just shit out of luck all the time. Grimdark takes that idea and like ups it by a thousand. In Grimdark, there are no happy endings. There aren't even any good guys. It's just a collection of characters or peoples or whatever that are just trying to get by in a world where everyone is out to just oppress each other all the time. So that's kind of like the the lore behind Warhammer 40k, but it is uh, the hobby has a few different parts to it. There's like the actual collecting of models, which are not cheap, by the way. And then there's like when you go and you buy a model for the game, it does not come pre-assembled. You have to literally like cut the pieces out of a plastic sprue, glue them all together, and then paint them, which is part of like it's a part of the hobby like some people only do that they don't actually play the game with them they just collect them build them and paint them and honestly like painting them i thought i would hate going into it i'm not a creative person like coloring books stress me the fuck out coloring books stress you out i cannot do coloring books dude i sit there and i agonize over like what colors i'm using and like making sure that it looks exactly right that's so funny. And so I was really nervous getting into this hobby that like I was going to absolutely hate the painting. And actually, it's become one of my favorite parts of it. Like, I love painting these models because, yeah, they're not perfect, but they look so fucking cool. And I can take pride in, in like looking at them and be like, yeah, I built and painted this like this paint job. Hundred percent mine. No one has ever done it like this before. That's fantastic. And I mean, like, color schemes might be similar to other color schemes, but every decision on that model was my choice, and that's super fun. And then the game itself is, like, a tabletop war game. So essentially, like like you said, you buy these models, and you, you build yourself an army. Uh-huh. And so where in D&D, you're focused on one character that you control, in Warhammer, it is you control an entire army. And so that's that's incredibly fun. A lot of like tactical strategy stuff. And you're sitting there essentially just trying to figure out how you can get the leg up on your opponent. Like that's it's so much fun. It's just kind of like a battle of the wits within this super complex rule set. It's it's very fun. That's awesome. I know one game that you always enjoyed 
playing was Risk. So, you know, like, yes. So, you know, moving into like a more advanced, having actual like troop names and like, right. Really getting into it is right up your alley. Yes. I would like to point out here that I have yet to actually win a game of Warhammer against my friends because they are all way more experienced than I am with the game. But I have never lost a game of Risk. Never. And I I have probably played dozens of games. Oh, yeah. Even in high school, there was one one class I was in where we played Risk. for It it took like two or three classes uh, Uh for us to get get through, but we played Risk. And my team came out on top because I don't lose at Risk. So if there's anyone out there that wants to play Risk with me, no one here will play anymore. I'll play with you. I still like playing Risk. Okay, John and I will play Risk. Uh, come join us because, you know, there's more than two factions. Please come play Risk with us. Yes. My wife refuses to play Risk. Oh. There was one game uh, that I came really close to, like, losing. And I was playing with, I want to say it was you, Mom, Jessica, and, and my wife, Shelby, right? So me, you, Mom, Jessica, and my wife, Shelby. And immediately everyone teamed up against me, which... It, it made it look like I was going to lose, but then mom had to leave for some reason. And at that point, I just I just wiped the board. Like, I, I cleaned up after that and, and won that game with everyone turned against me. So I have yet to lose a game of Risk, and I'm very proud of that. I kind of want to play Risk and do my best to kick your ass. Can we please? Yes. Oh, dude. Okay, speaking of getting my ass kicked. So last night, we played Warcraft. Warcraft 3, right? Yeah. AJ kicked my ass. I know. I heard him say he won the first game, and I went, what the fuck? Yeah, I was not expecting it at all, because you and I played a couple of games, like, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I, I cleaned up. I, oh, yeah, you, I, you, you, you continued to kick my ass, because yep. I, my experience with Warcraft, I didn't play it nearly as much as you or AJ did, and I'm still... Getting back into it, I'm learning that how I play the game is very ineffective and I need to reevaluate how to play properly. So one of the biggest things that upped how well I play that game is I learned how to micromanage my units. And I am far from the best at this, but once you pick up on certain keyboard commands and stuff, you can really like get into like when a battle's happening you can control specific sets of units really quickly and that's what that's one of my big things that that really upped my game that and i started learning about actual base defense but anyways we're getting way way on a tangent yeah uh, which why am i shutting that down that's the whole premise of the show right i i know why i'm shutting it down because no one cares but us we'll talk about warcraft tactics later (laughs) sounds good okay one last tabletop that i wanted to bring up that i have been playing a lot of recently which I'm going to include it as a tabletop because it is technically a board game, but I've been playing it online because the online community is is much bigger. Nobody else I know in real life knows about this game except those that I've told, and it's called Diplomacy. So Diplomacy is based on World War I. Now, you can think of the actual board game as a lot like Risk. couple of key changes. First of all, it is all, like, like it all takes place in Europe. Second of all, there are no dice. There is no such thing as random chance in this game. Everything 
that happens in this game is because somebody decided that's the way it was going to happen. And it's a seven-player game. You have to have seven players to play it. I mean, you can play it with less, but you have to have seven players to really play it. And it's all based around, like, how you talk to other players, how you form alliances, how you set up tactics with them is just as important as the actual moves you make on the board. I've been playing a lot of that online recently. It's an incredibly long game, though. Like, it it makes Risk look pretty short. So... That's another one I wanted to bring up. What about you, John? Do you have any favorite tabletops? I enjoy Monopoly. Oh, okay. You're a bastard at Monopoly, though. What do you mean I'm a bastard? Because I kick ass at it? Because the deals you try to make, like trading stuff or like buying properties off of other people, are so stacked in your favor favor that it never makes any sense to make make a trade with you. Get good, scrub. Anyway, I enjoy Monopoly. Have a little fun with that one. Mostly because I'm... Not very nice when I play Monopoly. <laughs> John is not nice when he plays Monopoly, which I can definitely appreciate. Uh, we we grew up playing Monopoly together a lot. John and I were always the ones that were like, let's break out Monopoly. I enjoy Risk. I, I do enjoy playing Risk. I think we're going to play a game of Risk after this. Yes, most definitely. Hopefully my girlfriend doesn't get mad. Maybe I should text her and invite her over, see if she wants to play Risk with us. Yes, you should do definitely do that, because the more people we have to play Risk, the better, and Shelby will not play. Sounds good. I do enjoy Risk. I'm trying to think of what other ones. Um, I know you kind of mentioned you were getting back into D&D. Yes, I am starting to get back into D&D. The issue with me and D&D is every time I've tried to get into D&D, I've only been a part of small one-shots or trials, Oh, right. Run like, by you. Run by or me. Or like the D&D that we did at like the Phantom Reunion. I've never yeah. had a group to do D&D with. Well, okay. So speaking of, of trials and stuff that we've done, do you remember the Mistborn game? Yes. I remember the start of it. I and still have all of that as like PDFs. I would love to play it again when I'm... Maybe I'll... I'd maybe, love to maybe play I'll that again. Maybe, maybe I won't finish that sentence, but I'd love to play it again. <laughs> maybe I'll set up that game. So are you saying you you would DM the Mistborn? Yeah. I'm sure that if I talk with Libby, she can get people because Libby's always wanted you as a DM. Yeah, Libby Libby was really upset. So I actually, I met Libby through D&D because I, I was running a game for Alex, our last guest star, for Alex and her boyfriend at the time, Nate, who is Libby's cousin, and a, a few of their other friends. I was running a game for them. And then Nate decided he was going to start running his own game because my game had really slowed down. I just wasn't able to commit all the time that was required. And so that's when that's when I met Libby is through Nate's game there. And she was always upset that she never got to experience my game because all of the players that were in my game talked about how amazing my game was, which honestly, it was probably fairly mediocre. But that's kind of the beautiful thing about D&D is it doesn't matter what anyone on the outside cares about your campaign or your game. It's all about the players at the table. If they all leave feeling like it was a fantastic, positive experience, then you've done well. Yes, I do know she's upset that she never got to experience me as a DM, but maybe I'll set up a game. This is not a promise. The other issue is we we might want to have to try and find people who are actually Red Mistborn or whatnot. Shelby's Red Mistborn, and she's kind of into D&D. Okay. She she played a campaign or two with uh, some of our other friends. Okay, that, then. Which brings me to my next question, also D&D related. 
what's your favorite character you've ever made? My favorite character I've ever made. Because I, I have one that I'd like to bring up. Is it your Dragonborn Paladin that you made a figure of? It is not, no? but I do love Madrash. Okay. And uh, I actually built another character to be him, basically. Oh, okay. He, he was actually like, he worshipped Madrash as like a patron saint type oh. deal. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, anyways, irrelevant. I, it is not, that is not my favorite character I've ever made. Interesting. Honestly, I haven't really had many characters that I've I've made, and that's okay. So, I'll go ahead and talk about mine. Well, then. Does it does it does it matter if the character's finished yet, or that I no? Have if I you have a, if you have a cool character concept, I have a cool character concept. Okay, so please please in, tell me. In one of the groups that getting together, it's going to be Nate's going to be DMing, and it's basically a like Western gunslinger. Oh uh, fuck! Setting. Okay, I helped him build the world. You did. Yeah, um, it'll be based in Nalthys, which is uh, a world that I created, which was based around one of my characters. His name is Gerald. The gunslinger? Yeah, the gunslinger. Where you could heal people with he, your gun? He's a gunslinger cleric, and so yes. he imbued his weapon, or his bullets... His bullets to heal. ...to do healing damage, or, like, yes. to do healing. Yes, um, this was discussed when I was, when I was um, talking about my character, but basically what my character is... Is I'm going to be a bard, but I'm going to become a folk singer. <laughs> I'm going to be a folk singer, and I'm going to have a banjo as my as my um, main instrument. I'm I'm trying to remember the actual term. It's it's like your magic focus uh-huh. type deal for wizards. It's usually like a wand or a staff. Uh huh. You know, but bards get to use a magical instrument as their yes. magical focus. So my instrument is going to be a banjo. Hell yeah. But I also carry, a, I don't remember the name for it, but it's a combination of a banjo and a ukulele as a sidearm. So I have a banjo That's fucking as, my main, as my main instrument. Like if it breaks or busts or anything, I got me a backup ready to go. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, so I actually I helped Nate build that world. I never finished it to the degree I wanted it to to be like uh, we started out he gave me the map for it i placed the settlements i placed the cultures i i don't know if he's actually going to be end up using any of that stuff i don't remember if i sent it to him but i abs- absolutely loved that setting that i created or that we created sorry nate <laughs> I, that really was a slip up so anyways can i talk about my favorite character that i've ever made yes you can okay so it was a minotaur. Okay, I, I made myself a minotaur barbarian. There's really not too much to tell, except that I filled that campaign with cow puns. Okay. So, for example, his name was Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't stand for anything. That was his name. That was, was just Big, Big Mac. Mac. Big Mac. And, yeah, he like his favorite response was just to moo at someone if he didn't want to say anything. Like it was just it was so full of cow puns. I fucking love that that character. And uh it kind of cemented Minotaurs as my favorite D and D characters. So my favorite D and D race. So anyways, I just I loved that character so much because there was there was always a pun I could use in any situation. So it was a good time. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Uh Okay, I don't know if I've got anything else for tabletop games. Should we move on to another thing on the list? Another favorite? 
Oh, okay. So next one on the list actually is music. Mm, that's Mu- a tough one. Music is a difficult one. I've kind of already mentioned, I think this was in like the first or second episode that I'm not big on music. I remember you coming to me a few days later after we released those episodes, you had kind of connected that maybe I'm not big on music because I don't have that sense of rhythm. Yeah. Without that sense of rhythm and my partial tone deafness and all that, like music just doesn't evoke the same emotions in me that it does in a normal person. So music is a difficult one, but I do have a few favorites that are actually pretty much like 95% of everything I listen to. So I'm going to list those favorites real quick. Hollywood Undead takes the top spot. Absolutely, 100%. They're the only band that I actually care about going to see live because I don't enjoy concerts. Hollywood Undead takes the top spot. I know all of their albums. Most of their songs I could sing pretty much all the way through. I, I fucking love Hollywood Undead. Then there is 303. I love 303. Not as much as Hollywood Undead. I wouldn't mind seeing 303 live, but for the most part, it's just kind of mm, meh. But I do love their music, and I'm so excited that they're finally creating music again because they haven't released anything since 2016, and they just dropped like three or four songs like two months ago. So they're back to creating again, which is phenomenal. So when it comes to my music, mm-hmm. best way to describe the music I like to listen to is uh, depressing, <laughs> sad. Okay, so you're an emo guy? Not necessarily kind of i don't (laughs) he backs up so there's i listen to a bunch of different genres but they all the common theme between all of them is they're all like sadder like stories and like lyrics and talking about and so i don't often play my music for others i find something else because okay can can you give me like some artists or anything or citizen soldier uh they talk i've never heard of them yep they talk a lot about uh like depression and trying to be okay and Mm. you know you know what's um, you know what's actually a good band for that or even just kind of like dealing with your own emotions one good example that you will recognize is the song bullet from hollywood undead yes i I, I am well aware of that song i love it uh Um, that song actually i ended up taking off of a couple of my playlists just because for those of you unaware bullet Bullet is about suicide. It's set to a very upbeat tune. And so it's kind of got this interesting juxtaposition of the song itself sounds incredibly happy, but the whole song is about um, killing yourself. So because of those harder themes and certain you know times of my life where I was going through a really bad depression, I actually ended up having to pull that song off of my listen list because it just it was encouraging thoughts and feelings that I didn't want to have that weren't healthy for me. It's a fun song, but it's also not a great song when you're in that depressive state. No, it's not. So yes, I'm well aware of that song. I have a few songs by like a bunch. I just have a bunch of songs that are, that have the, the theme of darkness. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But they're, they're helpful to me. For some reason, they... I get that. For me, like, when a musical artist is talking about these dark and depressing thoughts that they're having, and they're they're kind of laying it out there, and 
essentially being open about how they're feeling, it kind of gives me this sense of like, I'm not alone. Yes. Other people feel this too. That means that I can get through it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. And that, that's, that's a lot helpful. It also means that, you know, when I hear people start playing music that's similar to mine, I know they're not okay. <laughs> like that's there's, fair. there's an example where me and some other person were like sharing music and I had the thought, man, who hurt you? <laughs> then they told me who hurt them. And I was like, yep, sounds about right. <laughs> so you like yeah. the, the darker, more emotion heavy yeah. music. Yeah, more emotion heavy music. A lot of it isn't just like focusing on like the negative, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of it. It's like, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So um, one of, and I, I tried to bring this up a little bit earlier, uh, one band that I would heavily suggest to you, and you probably already know them, is Blue October. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That band is incredible at, uh, like, that that main vocalist. Uh, he kind of goes through a lot in his life and stuff, and he expresses that musically. Something he's really good at is he has songs that explore those darker emotions, and then he also, on that same album that I'm thinking of, I can't even remember the name of the album, on that same album, he also has songs that say, uh, basically, like, yes, I can, I'm can. i feeling this way, and those feelings are real, and those feelings are valid, but I can get through it, and life is going to be full of ups and downs. Specifically, I'm thinking of the song, I think it's called Jump Rope. Okay. Where it's, you know, life is full of ups and downs, and I'm going to ride through it all, no problem. Yeah. So, Blue October is a really good one. Yeah, so, a lot of people make fun of me and there's one time i did a very bad thing during one of my out-of-town work trips we go out to vernal and for dinner we'll go to the vernal brewery because they have fantastic food we're yeah not, that's right not, i think you told me about that we're place not, we're, we're, i just i love it it's fantastic i love mm-hmm. going there i don't think i've had anything bad from them yet delicious and so high recommendation there's not one time a paid sponsor yep there's one time uh, we were driving back, and I started playing my music, my actual music. Car got very quiet, and I was like, oh, no, I did a very bad thing. And I asked my coworkers if they were okay, and they're like, one of them was like, I, I just can't do all that depressing shit. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking. I was just, like, getting in the mood. And like, let's just play some music. Let's just play some music. And then I, I was like... I didn't think about it. I have a really, really hard time opening up about like sharing my music. There are a few people I've shared playlists with. I don't know. I just like my music tastes are incredibly narrow. Like they're broad as far as genres go. But if I don't like an artist, I won't listen to pretty much anything by them. You know? Okay. And so... I tend to focus in on a handful of artists and that's all I listen to. And if somebody isn't into any of those particular artists, then they're not going to enjoy anything I listen to because that's all I listen to, Ah. you know? So I I have a really hard time sharing my music. I don't like playing my music in front of other people for the past month or so at work. I was training a new driver to take over the driver position because a small life update. I got a promotion. Yay. Yay. So anyways, training a new new driver and I just had my headphones in while I was driving or while he was driving because I didn't want to play my music out loud because I don't know how people will react to the music I listen to. Yeah. 
I already know so, how most people react to my music, and so I don't play my music typically. Yeah, so I, I just get really self-conscious about it, and I don't like to share it. And then a couple of my other coworkers found out that like I didn't know music very well. Like I have very little branching out when it comes to music. This this whole thing started with a conversation. Uh, somebody brought up Easy E. Do you know who Easy E is, John? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Okay, so apparently, Easy E is one of like the OG rappers. Uh, he was one of the founding members of NWA. I believe he owned like his own recording like like record producing stuff. And so anyways, one of my coworkers found out that I had no idea who Easy E was. He created me a seven and a half hour playlist to music educate me. Really? I've only made it through maybe like a quarter of that playlist because it's just not my thing. Understandably. Yeah. I don't branch out when it comes to music. <laughs> yeah. I basically how I find new music is I'll take one of the songs that I'm I'm really enjoying and I'll make like a song radio right. on, on Spotify mm-hmm. and try and find songs that way or I'll just listen to my Discover Weekly or whatnot. Well, my Discover Weekly is always very strange because I listen to a bunch of different genres. So when I want to listen to a certain like genre, I just go to the section of my playlist where I was l- listening to the, the same like genre mm-hmm. and go through that. And so it'll just have a bunch of different genres all at once at me. Anything else on music? Okay, one weird artist that I like absolutely love but can't listen to very often. Have you ever heard of DeAntverd? I don't think I have. So DeAntverd is it's these two rappers from South Africa. Okay. Okay. And they're just incredibly interesting people. I I don't even know how to describe them. So there's there's Ninja and there's Yolanda. Yolanda has the highest pitched voice I have ever heard. Actually, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, so if you listen to their music, like, and you hear this, like, super high pitched chick rapping and stuff, I think I know that's her actual voice. Weren't they in the, weren't they in the movie Chappie? Yes, that's them. Yes, I do know. I've never seen Chappie, but I know that they, they, they were in Chappie. Yes. Yeah. I do know who they are. That's them. They're, interesting but i don't listen to them very often because like i have to like really be in the mood to get into their music on top of that my wife absolutely hates them with a passion so i can't like listen to it in the car or anything damn what is there a reason she hates them she just she just hates yolanda's voice yeah yeah and and she's not really into like any type of rap really Uh uh-huh so it's just kind of a matter of like she it's just not her thing and so we don't listen to it when we're together and then usually most of the time when i'm listening to something it's either an audiobook or a podcast yeah no i uh i wish i could listen to more audiobooks in my job but i just i start focusing on the job and i just need background noise so i just put on my music yeah you've got that hyper focus yeah uh thing so hyper focus power so yeah. i can i can understand how trying to multitask by listening to a book while also trying to count a million things might not work yeah the next thing on the list says art styles but uh, i don't think either of us are creatively inclined i have zero art education like same even in high school like so you're required to get like a certain number of like fine arts credits all of my fine arts credits were just dance 
sweet. Yeah, I I didn't I never took like painting or sculpting or even like graphic design. I didn't do any of those in high school. I have zero art education. I have no idea what the different art styles are. I know what art deco kind of is because someone pointed out that like art deco is dwarves. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's got like the straight lines and it's very like I don't know. It's it's grand, but it's like straightforward. That's all I know. And I could even be wrong about that, to be honest with you. Interesting. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not artistically inclined. I'm... I do have a couple of paintings, actually. You do have a couple of paintings. Uh, you got some pretty good ones, too. That I did too. myself. So, actually, uh, what happened is, like, two years ago... Actually, I think it was a little more than two years ago, because I don't even think... It was about three years ago, because your daughter is two. Oh, yeah, my daughter's two. So, yeah, it would have been about three years ago. Shelby and I decided to binge watch Bob Ross, right? Because there was like a Bob Ross collection on Netflix. And so we were like, why don't we watch this? And then we were just like enthralled just watching Bob Ross. So we went out to a hobby store and dropped like $350 on like painting supplies. So we bought, you know, canvases and oil paints and easels and brushes and all that. I ended up making two paintings myself, one of which I'm incredibly proud of. And the other one is pretty good considering it was my first time ever painting anything. If if you would like to check those out, go ahead and check out my Instagram. It is bhairbrews, B-Y-H-E-R-R-B-R-E-W-S. Those are both on there. But I I also, like, I brew mead, which is where the name comes from. Bhair is my religious name, and I brew mead. So I tend to post the meads that I make on there as well. If you want to go give me a follow, you probably are already following me, but there's that for you. One of your paintings that really stuck with me is, didn't you paint the Shattered Plains? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, Stormlight Archive, John yeah. and I are both huge fans of the Stormlight Archive, which is a book series. The one painting that I'm super fucking proud of, that I absolutely love, is essentially like these these plateaus kind of meeting... And there's water running through the chasm between them. And that, that one's based on a, a couple different scenes from the Stormlight Archive. So, Yeah, that, that one really stuck with me. I really like that one. That one's pretty cool. I, I feel like I did an incredible job of making the water actually look like it's moving. So I'm very proud of that one. Yeah, I don't know if I've done anything, any like paintings or whatnot. I can't think of anything I've really done along that vein either Mm -hmm. um i tried my hand at like ceramics how did that go for you terribly i do have this bluebird whistle that every time i look at it i'm just like oh dear god what happened to the one wing because one one wing i'm really proud of it looks fantastic that wing is beautiful then the other one is just this mess and i'm like oh god that sounds about like just about everything in my life yeah. One part of it I will be incredibly proud of, and the rest of it I'm just like, oh, please don't look at that. For example, this podcast. There are definitely a few episodes where I'm like, oh, maybe don't listen to those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway, so you said you binge-watched Bob Ross. Yes. TV is the next next thing on the list. Okay, How about TV. That? How about oh, man. that? So, okay. Um, I am going to put the warning ahead of these convers- the conversation, because I'm sure movies is going to pop up on the list too. I am just about as well-versed when it comes to movies and TV as I am with music. So I-, I spend as much of my time as I can playing 
video games or now lately it's been Warhammer or editing a podcast. So I don't have a lot of time for watching TV and movies, but I do have a few favorites that we can definitely get into. So when it comes to TV, I don't know that I could say I definitively have a favorite TV show. If I did, it would probably either be The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, or Parks and Rec. Those are some good ones. Those are some good ones. I'll give you that. I'm more well-versed in TV and movies. I would say you're more well-versed in anime. No, no, TV and movies and anime is included there. But TV and movies, yes. Okay. I'm also well-versed in. You don't realize how much I've seen or watched or whatnot. Well, that's because anytime there's a TV, you're just glued to it. Exactly. <laughs> Hyper focused. So why don't you tell me what are, what are some of your favorite TV shows? So my favorite adult animation show is BoJack Horseman. It's beautiful. So I watched like Stunning. the first season of it, and then I haven't really watched any like anything else after that. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed its views on a bunch of different things on. Depression, mental health, uh, addiction, anxiety. It just talks about a bunch of different things that just... The way it talks about it is... It's fantastic. I just love it. I just really enjoy it. Well, that's Um, good. That's good. One of my favorite uh, children's shows is Steven Universe. I remember you telling me I needed to get into that, and I never, ever watched it. So, at first, it, it still has a lot of, you know, like, kids' themes and whatnot. But it starts getting into a little more heavy-handed stuff in the sequel steven universe future this one is definitely more for the teenagers and i really enjoyed that one because it talks about now you know all of steven universe it's steven universe is fixing all of these other people's problems steven universe future because he's been fixing everyone else's problems when it comes to his own problems he doesn't know what to do and it focuses on that on when there's no one left to help. Gee, John, that he sounds He has to familiar. face his, his own issues and doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. because he's always helped other people. Yeah, that's that's why okay. I really enjoy okay. it. Cause um, on the topic of, of TV for kids, do you want to hear my favorite? Go ahead. Actually, do you want to make a guess? Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, that, oh wow. Where, uh, how did you come to that conclusion? Because it's also one of my favorites. And also, I was watching it when you showed up to record this podcast. Yep. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's fantastic. It's a good chunk of it is there's a lot of nostalgia, but it's still such a great show. Well, I mean, it's incredible to me how well this show is built because it is a kid's show. Absolutely. hundred percent. Like oh, yeah. rewatching the first season, like there's so many like gag jokes where you know, somebody hits a wall or somebody's falling or something like that, right? Like something that's going to get a laugh out of a kid. But it's also a show that handles some incredibly difficult topics. I mean, like even just, I think it's episode two, maybe episode three. What? The, the genocide? No. I mean, that I was going to bring that up. But no, like episode two or three, they go to Kiyoshi Island and yes. Sokka literally has to face his own misogyny. Where yeah. he he has these views about like what women are supposed to be and what men are supposed to be, and the Kyoshi warriors just completely upend that for him, and he has to sit there and face like, okay, why do I feel this way? 
why do I feel like there have to be these specific gender roles and what can I do to be more accepting of that? Yes. And like, that's something that adults struggle with. That's something that like I struggle with sometimes, you know, wondering like, how can I be secure in my own masculinity and still enjoy the things I want to enjoy? And it's like, that's such a, a, a stupid concept to me that I can't, uh, so for example, like the big one I struggle with is like, I love painting my nails. Yeah. But I'm afraid to so, because it's not manly. And it's like the fact that a kid's show is willing to handle that topic, uh-huh. but do it in a way that, I mean, obviously it's not like, it's it's not like handling it like an adult show would, you know, it's just kind of teaching kids that like, it's okay to do what you want to do. Yeah. And like I said, I, as an adult struggle with that. Yeah. I I also enjoy painting my nails. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really enjoy painting my nails. And I mean, there's, I feel like uh, most of the time I give myself excuses of, oh, I can't paint my nails because work and whatnot. And just like, when, well, see, that's, that's when, my like, big one is I work in a metal shop with a bunch of macho guys. And I know that if I paint my nails, I'll get made fun of. And so I don't, I'm just, I don't want to paint my nails and I give myself, you know, excuses here and there of like, Oh, it it wouldn't be worth it anyway because you know how badly I bang up my hands. I bang my hands up so bad at work all the time, constant like scratches. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I I also enjoy painting my nails. It's right. something that I I've liked to do, but I don't really do it as much as I want to. <laughs> yep, I I get that. I'm I'm in the same boat. I would love to, and I don't because I'm afraid of you know how others perceive that, and maybe I shouldn't be. Yeah, but. Back to the whole Avatar thing, like, yeah, they handle that, they handle, you brought up the genocide, I mean, they handle genocide, and it's a fucking kids show. War. They handle war They handle war. They handle inept governments. They handle so many, like, heavy subjects that are just great. They're huge adult topics. Yeah, one of my favorite things that the show does is, yeah, you know, everyone sees, you know, the Fire Nation is the big bad. One thing that it shows is that there are evil people in every nation. It sh- it shows that, and there are good people in every nation. People in every nation. And another thing that it shows that I really enjoyed is in the third season. There's an episode where the main character Aang goes to a school. I was going to bring up this in the exact Fire Nation. Topic. He he challenges the teacher when the teacher's all like. What year did the Fire Nation Army ambush the Air Nation Army? And Aang brings up the Air Nation didn't have an army. They were a peaceful, you know, they were nomads. And he gets in trouble for it because a lot of, you know, the next generations get, you know, the victor writes the histories. And that's why I enjoy history as well is because, Mm -hmm. like, how much are we missing out on? Well, it, it brings up that, I mean, that whole episode is kind of based around the idea of, the educational system controls the narrative and whoever exactly. controls the educational system controls what children learn and how they view the world. And so that whole episode, I feel like is an attempt to tell kids like, Hey, question a little bit what you're taught because you're not getting the whole story. And I think, I think that's an incredible thing. I think that's it's, fantastic. It's something that the U S education system struggles with. I think it's why I've, I was always so inquisitive during school and I was seen as more of like a, I didn't really want to follow, you know, the traditional learning and didn't want to do like homework because what was the point of doing 
homework and practicing these things I already knew how to do if I could do it and I did it well enough that I was acing my tests. I, I had the same problem when it came to homework. You know, and it's, it's, it's more than that. And it's like, sure, you're, you're teaching me these things, but what else are you leaving out that are also important? What else right. should I be knowing about? Yep, there's definitely that. So yeah, uh, Avatar. That's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal show. It's it's a kids show, but honestly, like watch it as an adult. It will blow your mind how they handle some of these topics and some of the ways that, you know, they're essentially trying to teach these incredible lessons to kids. So, anyway, just uh, yeah. that's that's one of my favorites too. Yeah, fantastic. And like you mentioned earlier, I really enjoy like Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine. The Office, I. I did enjoy The Office, but I feel like it's, I don't know, I, I struggled with it near the end, and I just, going back and trying to rewatch it is also a bit of a struggle now because of just the, the views on it, and it definitely was the starting point of a lot of great shows, like Parks and Rec, right. the, but The Office isn't one that at the top of my list. Because mm. I, I, I never I, really got into it as much I as I would say that The Office is absolutely in my top three, which I mentioned three. There are more than that. And I would say Brooklyn Nine-Nine probably isn't in my top three, but I also haven't seen all of it. I've watched a good portion of it. But The Office is absolutely in my top three because The Office kind of does the same thing. It challenges viewpoints. It puts this character in as the main focus, right? Michael is the main focus. And Michael is a personification of an inept boss, but he's also the personification of someone who just doesn't understand social norms. Yeah. And not necessarily like someone who just doesn't, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, he's a personification of being unwilling to change with the times and understanding that maybe your actions actually are hurting someone. Yeah. So... I think it's incredible how how well he's portrayed as just so focused on himself that in his eyes he can say or do no wrong and it hurts people the way certain things are talked about or or come across from him type thing. Yeah. So he does he does have fantastic moments. He does That's he true. There better, are good he moments. He gets better throughout throughout it a little bit. Like one of my favorite moments of Michael is it's it's one that's brought up often about you know one of the best things that Michael ever did was when he goes to Pam's art show and he buys the painting of the office and mm-hmm. he's like it's fantastic we need it how much is it right you know and he's like Treacher is an artist I don't see a price yeah and she's like what he's like I don't I don't see a price so I want to buy it and she goes what and then she just hugs him and cries because that's all she needed that day is just a little bit of encouragement yeah uh, something else. I enjoyed in the office is the kind of friendship that Pam and Dwight end up kind of yeah. having. Their friendship is fantastic. It's phenomenal. Even though Jim and Dwight ha- just like butt heads all the time because, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I yeah. get it. I get it. So yeah, it, it's definitely a good show and I do like it, but I wouldn't put it up there as some of my favorites. I think one, one of, of my one of the most off putting things when it comes to the office for people who have always been told how great it is and, and try to get into it and just can't. One of the the biggest off putting things is that it is an Americanized version of a British show. Did you not know this? No, I did know this. Oh, okay. There's actually, there's actually a cameo in, in the office where the Ricky Gervais makes, yeah. Makes. And they like start 
like riffing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an Americanized version of a British show. And British TV is wildly different from American TV. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why I also love Parks and Rec, because it takes that same formula, but it's a fully American version. Yes. And so it's essentially even more Americanized version of The Office, which it's incredible. I fucking love it. Yeah, I really enjoyed Parks and Rec. They've got some pretty great actors in it, and the characters are just real funny, and the way they just do different things. And So, yeah, so those are some of my favorites. I'm trying to think of some others. Recently, I've been getting into Star Trek. Not as much as I should be, but I, I, I started I have getting zero into interest in getting into Star Trek. I started getting into it a little bit, and it has some really cool concepts, but when it comes to Star Trek, I've been enjoying... The more like the funnier ones and the ones that kind of are aware of what they're doing. Like we just started what's called the Orville, I think. That is Seth oh, yeah, MacFarlane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Seth that's MacFarlane. And actually, I, Star Trek, I did watch that one. Kind of um, like Star Trek. Because I, I do like Seth, Mac- Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane. Yeah. Yeah, the Orville's pretty good, but it's it's absolutely a satire on yes. the genre. Yes. Another one I really enjoyed, which is an actual Star Trek one, is Star Trek Lower Decks. It's an animated one, but it is funny. It's really funny because it follows some of the lower crew instead of, like, the bridge crew. Like, it usually does. It usually follows the bridge crew. Right. And it starts following the, like, lower crew, Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And uh, That tracks. So that one's really funny. Another one that kind of is along the same vein is Galaxy Quest. I really enjoy Galaxy Quest, the movie. I was going to say, isn't that the movie with um, Tim Allen? Yes. Yes, right. it is. And it's got Rick... Why can't I remember his name? Snape. Right. <laughs> Snape. It's got Snape. And actually, uh, the guy who plays Dwight makes an appearance in that one as well. Yes, he He's does. He's one of the aliens. He was supposed to be in it more, but he left to do something different. Anyway, yeah. That one's a pretty good one. But getting into The Next Generation is the one that I started watching a bit more. It's pretty good, but it... Oh, okay. Oh. So it's it's not Rick Alman. It's, it's Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman! <laughs> I had to look it up. I was, like, I was like, I know there's an Alan there, right? Yeah, yeah. Alan Rickman! Alan Rickman. Man, that's, that's another thing you that's should know about us, listener, is uh, we do not know actors or follow celebrities nope. or anything like that. Nope. I'm better with faces than names, so... Yeah, that's true. I am, too. Like, there was a recent instance where I was at a birthday party, and someone was like, oh, is that so-and-so? I was like, I recognize them, but I don't know their name. Yep. So, yeah, Galaxy Quest is pretty good. That's a good movie. It's also kind of a little bit of a satire on the genre. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. I think think that'll about wrap up TV shows. Yeah. Should we move on to the next item on the list? I don't even know if we can, because I, you should see my wardrobe. I was it's gonna say I was just looking at the next item and uh, clothing. Clothes, yeah. I wear blacks and grays. I always wear t- jeans, t-shirt, and a jacket. That's that's my outfit of choice. So, yep, that's me too. Jeans, t-shirt. My t-shirts I prefer to be black, but gray is also acceptable. I do actually have quite a few t-shirts with like designs and stuff on them. Me too. I also I also look good in red. I do not look good in green. I look pretty good in red. I just recently went and bought another pack of shirts, and it was just blacks and grays. And I was like, yep, this is the perfect one. 
This is the one I want. I have something. A recap. You have a recap. I just remembered. Recap! Did you ever do anything about St. Patty's like you were saying you were gonna? No, and my coworkers were upset about it because one of them listens to the podcast. Yes. And so he knew it was coming, and then I completely forgot. Like, I entirely forgot St. Patrick's Day was a thing for a minute there. I didn't realize it was St. Patrick's Day until about one in the afternoon when I saw something that said Happy St. Patrick's Day and I went, oh, is that today? Yeah, I showed up to work. I, I found out about 10 minutes after I showed up to work because my coworker comes up to me and he goes, where the fuck's your leprechaun costume? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, shit, is that today? And so, uh, yep. Actually, it? here's an interesting thing because okay. <clears throat> I'm always happy to talk about my religion. Pagans don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Uh, it, he's a Christian saint. No, duh. Right. But especially not St. Patrick's Day. We have no problem with St. Valentine's Day. Or at least I have no problem with St. Valentine's Day. Why especially? Why especially? Why especially? Do you know why St. Patrick is uh, the patron saint of Ireland? Because he drove out all the snakes. Because he drove out all the snakes. That's why there's no snakes in Ireland. Yeah. Do you know what the snakes means? No. Pagans. What? Yeah. Really? St. Patrick is credited with converting all of Ireland to Christianity. And it was one of those things where, as the Christian church, or as the Catholic church did, if you did not convert, you died. Damn. So it it was literally like pagan genocide. And that's that's what the celebration is about. Do you want to know why you hunt leprechauns? Because leprechauns are a pagan superstition. You are hunting them to kill them. Oh, God. Yep. I did not know that. Yep, so there's a little fun fact for you. Interesting. Okay, so moving on from clothes. Oh, no, I, I wasn't done with clothes. Oh, yeah? I wanted to talk about shoes. I have the best boots in the world. Oh, yeah. I went and dropped like $300 on a pair of nice work boots, and those things are fucking incredible. And that's all I had to say about that. Now I'm done with clothes. I don't own very many pair of shoes. I own my work shoes. The shoes I'm currently wearing, which are my everyday shoes. Uh, I have my nice shoes, which are just black vans that I got for a wedding. Um, I, I have a few slippers, but I don't wear them. I actually, uh, my wife and I got married in Converse. Yeah. So I have an, a, a really nice pair of Converse. And then I have just like, so I, I don't ever wear those. Um, I still have them, but I don't wear them. And then I've got just like a pair of cheap Walmart sneakers. You know, like $15 sneakers. Uh -huh. Those are generally my go-to on the weekends. Like, if I have to leave the house, that's better than lacing up my boots. Yeah. Ooh, I do own a pair of, like, outside yard work boots that I bought because I didn't have any when I was going to go do some outside yard work. Nice. I have recently made the decision to become a slipper dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, so my wife... So for Yule every year, we want to have the tradition of like pajamas and stuff, which is a fairly common Christmas tradition, I feel like. Yeah. So for Yule every year, we do pajamas. And this year she bought me slippers, right? Okay. But I left the slippers at home when we went on our Yule trip. Oh. And so I went out and just bought like this pair of slippers. Okay. Because I wanted something because like we, we went up to Bear Lake and rented a cabin. Okay. And because we were renting a cabin, like, obviously I'm not going to vape inside. Yeah. So I had to go out into the freezing cold and I forgot my sneakers too. So I just had my boots 
And I was like, I don't oh. want to spend five minutes lacing up my boots every time I want to go outside. Yeah. So I went and bought a really cheap pair of slippers. And let me tell you, man, those slippers are freaking life changing. I cannot describe to you how much I want to be a slipper dad and just wear slippers all the time. Fantastic. I'm not even wearing them right now. I should. Damn. Man, yeah. what are you I, doing? I want to be a slipper dad. Yeah, that sounds like a very nice, fun time. Yeah, it's a great time. And actually, I just recently, not even two weeks ago, discovered the beauty that is gray sweatpants. Gray sweatpants or just sweatpants? I mean, sweatpants in general, but I don't know that I have ever owned a pair of sweatpants. And I bought some because I needed something to dance in, right? Uh Because I'm doing the alumni dance number for my high school this year. And I was like, I can't dance in jeans and jeans is all I own. Yeah. So I had my wife go buy me a pair of sweatpants. Or actually, I told her, I was like, hey, can you go find me some pants I can dance in? And she came home with just like gray sweatpants. I shit you not. I wear them all the goddamn time now. They are incredible. Your wife would buy you gray sweatpants. Why? He's clueless, folks. So what is this about gray sweatpants? I'm confused. There's a thing about gray sweatpants that, you know, if you know, you know, you know why, you know why, pe- why women enjoy gray sweatpants. I, I do not know, so I I'm, guess... Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Fill me in later, maybe? Maybe. Listener, if you're listening to this, please tell me. I'm so confused. Anyway. But yes, I love my gray sweatpants. <laughs> That's my favorite article of clothing right now. Yeah, I own two pairs of like black sweatpants. I don't have gray sweatpants, but I have I have black uh, sweatpants because I bought them for when I was going to be working at a job that I could wear sweatpants at. So I was like, I'm going to wear me some comfy sweatpants to work, and I enjoy them. They're not my pajama pants, though. My pajama pants, I like the fuzzy, soft stuff, and I only own like two pairs i only owned two pairs of fuzzy uh pajama pants and then my girlfriend went you only have two pairs let me buy you seven more it's not seven (laughs) but she bought me like three more awesome i love it they're fantastic and i love them all right what's what's next on the list john home design oh yeah 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 and it was it was sent with a question mark at the end home design home design so okay i've got a lot to say about home design are you ready for this yes can I live there? The answer is yes. It's a good home. Yay. Yay. That's Running all. water? Heat? Yep. Yay. Yep. I, I literally have no idea. Okay. I do have a couple of things that are like on my list for when I'm home shopping. I want a porch. You know what I really want? What do you want? A bathtub I can fit in. Yeah. Good luck with that, buddy. So yeah, that's home design. That's home design. Yep. I want a porch. That would be cool. But I want not a bathtub that will fit me. That, that'd that be cool, but not necessary. Yep. All right. Quiet. So, jumping down the list a little bit, do you have a favorite animal? Wild animal. Wolf. I like wolves. Why do you like wolves? They're cool. <gasps> do you want to hear an argument I got into on Facebook the other day? Yes, I do. Okay, what would win in a fight, a hippo or a rhinoceros? I also want to point out... I was very heavily on one side, and I I was actually convinced to flip sides on this one. I won't say anything yet. I want to hear your reaction. That's a toughie. I mean, hippos are known as one of the most like dangerous animals out there, so maybe hippo. Are you leaning hippo? 
I'm leaning hippo, I think. Okay, so initially I was very pro rhino. Okay. Okay. And I I literally like I was getting so frustrated. Like this was all happening on like a comment oh, like a okay. like a Facebook post, me and me and my buddy Kyle from okay. the Back Words podcast. Oh, shout out. <clears throat> shout out. We we were actually like getting into a fight in the comments. So I messaged him, I was like, Okay, I'm about to say some things that I don't want to be on the public <laughs> sphere. <laughs> like, let's duke this out, motherfucker. <laughs> Right, and so we got into this fight about whether or not a hippo or a rhinoceros would win, and I was so pro hip or so pro rhino, and he actually convinced me that it should like a a hippo would definitely win. Some of the main contributing factors is that I was initially very pro rhino because rhinos are charging beasts, right? Yes, and they're fucking tanks. Yes, okay, they've got incredibly thick skin. And when they get up to speed, that horn is going to do some fucking damage. There's a reason that Spider-Man has a villain named the Rhino. Fair. Anyway. Anyways, I was convinced by the absolute bite force of a hippo. Yeah, that shit's insane. Not only that, but hippos are vegetarians. So when they attack, they're only there for violence. They don't need you for food. (laughs) It's straight violence. They just want to watch you bleed. But, yeah, no. uh, Crunch. he he actually he sent me a video of a hippo biting down on a rhino, okay? And this motherfucker just what? demolished the rhino's leg. Oh, like, holy I believe shit. it. Like this hippo just like slammed into the side of the rhino, tipped it over and just took a fucking bite. Damn. And so I was like, "Oh, okay. I like, need to see this video. Like that'll do it for me. I'll find it for you later." But, but yeah. Damn, dude. It was I'm I'm definitely pro hippo now. Hippos are very territorial and they are insane fucking crazy thank god they're fucking vegetarian thank god they're all the way in africa yeah (laughs) i don't have to deal with them yeah honestly no i i really like wolves wolves are pretty cool oh yeah favorite animals wolves yes i like wolves i don't know i like the sense of the pack and the way that they have way they communicate and they're just they're big old puppy dogs. They're super soft. I've heard they're so soft and so sweet, but they will try anything to lick the inside of your mouth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I really want to That just sounds like a good wolves. time. Okay, furry. <laughs> Not a furry. Anyway. <laughs> that was a long pause. Oh, no. John's editing. He has the power. I'm a furry. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm not a furry. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So when it comes to wild animals, I have a really hard time deciding because my favorite animals are bees. Like, hands down, far and away. What would we classify as animals then? Because, like, I classify that as different than an animal. That's that's Anything that falls in the Animalia kingdom. Okay. Right? So, I mean, that, that would include insects and stuff. True. So, I'm a huge fan of bees. Bees are my favorite animal, hands down, far and away, absolutely bees. However, I would actually argue that they are a domesticated animal. There are wild variations. But the bees that you specifically... the honeybees that I love so dearly... Are domesticated. Are domesticated. They'll sting the hell out of you. They're not nice. Well, okay, they are nice. Don't piss them off. But at the same time, like, the modern honeybee has an incredibly difficult time living in the wild. Like, they just can't do it, you yeah. know? I think dogs have a better survival chance than bees do living in the wild. And d- dogs are absolutely domesticated. 
Oh, yeah. I, I would argue that the modern honeybee absolutely is domesticated. So it doesn't count as a wild animal. Okay. So when it comes to wild animals, I have a really hard time deciding. I really like birds. There are some pretty badass maybe, birds Maybe there. I just have this thing for flight, right? Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, I really like birds and specifically like birds of prey. Owls are fucking cool. Owls are so fucking cool. I got into owls so hard because of a book series that you got me into. The Guardians of Gahul. The Guardians of Gahul. Yes. Uh, there's like 20 of those books, and I've o- I have I only read up to like 12 or 13. Yeah, I think I got to like 13. I might have gotten up to like 15 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, owls are fucking cool. Owls are so Just cool. silent, deadly night hunters. Like, how could that not be the coolest thing ever? I wanted a pet owl so bad. So bad. I still want a pet owl so bad. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, and I almost just went, Hey, babe, can we get an owl? But uh, that's a lot of maintenance, and she's shaking her head no. Oh, yeah, Libby's in the audience now. She yeah, wasn't, she, she, she joined wasn't us halfway beginning. through. But um, I'm, I'm trying to think, because there's, there's other animals, and I'm trying to like narrow down the list of cool animals. I really like elephants. I think elephants are dope. Just kind of like big dudes living their life. I can relate to that. Well, just living your life because you're not big. You're petite. You're tiny. Oh, you're small. Sh- shut up. Just because I'm short, short. Dwarf. I got that wide set frame, okay? Anyway. Anyways. You're not, you're not short. You're elephants are cool. Yeah, that's probably about it. I guess, I guess I'm landing on owls. Yeah. Owls are pretty cool. Owls are dope, dude. Owls are probably my second. Also, eagles are cool. Eagles are pretty cool. Falcons are fucking cool. Yeah, they are. Okay, I'll I'll stop anyway. going off about birds. Okay, the next one is place you've been. What's your favorite place you've been? My favorite place I've been. Oh, that's a toughie. I haven't been to a lot of places. So, mine would be between Seattle or San Diego. I had a lot of fun in both places. I have been to neither of those. Yeah, so in San Diego, we didn't go to the San Diego Zoo, even though everyone's like, the San Diego Zoo. We didn't go to the San Diego Zoo. But we went around the city a lot. We explored it a lot. We went on, like, tour buses and on, like, a tour bus that, you know, told us about some aspects of the city. It was – I had a lot of fun in San Diego. And the beaches were nice. and It was it was really nice going going there. And I just had a lot of fun there uh, okay. in San Diego. Yeah. And then same with Seattle. I just had a lot of fun walking around and seeing, seeing the city. We went to Pike's Market, which is, you know, a big thing that everyone's like, you know, you go to Seattle, you go to Pike's Market – I even went to the original Starbucks, which that you know, just sounds I'm not like a, big a tourist fan. trap. I I'm not a big fan of Starbucks. I didn't actually go in there or order anything. No, I just looked at it and went, "Oh, cool, that's the first Starbucks." Yeah, uh, that's, However, that's there was pretty this, much exactly how I'd imagine that would go. There was this Greek yogurt place in Pike's Place that just like was amazing. I loved it. It was delicious. Hmm. So, um, I haven't done a lot of traveling like at all. I would so I would say that one of my f- Maybe even the favorite place that I've ever been is here in Utah. It's Goblin Valley. Goblin Valley is really cool. Yeah, it's just, it's a small state park in the middle of nowhere. Like, you're literally like an hour and a half from a gas station. Yeah, so like, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back something earlier we talked about. Galaxy Quest, one of the scenes is filmed in Goblin Valley. Anyway, oh, back yeah. to Goblin Valley. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, no, I love Goblin Valley. There was... It was the first trip my wife and I had ever taken together. This was like a, a few months into us dating. And this whole trip was kind of like a kerfuffle, but we ended up at Goblin Valley, which was incredible. 
So the the idea was that we were going to go down to Moab. We were going to stay the night in a hotel there, Friday night, and then we were going to go to Canyonlands the next day. Okay. Well, the thing is, is we brought JC with us, our dog, and this was before we had Kaladin, so we just had JC at this point. Yeah. We brought JC with us, and we pay to get into the park, and the ranger who's running the pay station just like hands us a pamphlet on like dogs in national parks, right? Okay. So we get up to like the visitor center and I'm flipping through this pamphlet and basically it says, you know, dogs aren't allowed anywhere except inside the campground. They have to be leashed or in a kennel at all times. Like you just, you basically, you can't have dogs in national parks. You can, you just can't do anything with the dogs in the national parks. So we immediately flipped around, went and talked to him and I was like, Hey, can we get a refund? And he's like, well, you've been in the park for 15 minutes now, which means technically, no, I can't give you a refund because you've been in the park. Motherfucker. Yeah, it was like $70 a person to get in because it's a national park. Fuck. Right. So, okay, we were like, okay, well then fuck, what do we what do we do, right? And so we're just like looking and like Goblin Valley shows up in like the Google search or whatever because it's one of the closer ones. And so I was like, you know, I went to Goblin Valley one time as a Boy Scout trip and I had a lot of fun. Like, why don't we go? So we went there. And I don't know where I went on that Boy Scout trip, but it was not Goblin Valley. Was it Bryce Canyon? No, no. It was like, I remember the the Scoutmaster kept calling it Goblin Valley, but I remember on that Boy Scout trip, we were hiking through like slot canyons and stuff. That was not the case in Goblin Valley. So anyways, we go to Goblin Valley, we show up, we get a campsite and everything, and we ended up hiking like six miles that day. And we get back to the campsite and I go to use like the, the restroom, right? Like they have like the public restrooms uh-huh. and on the door is this, not even like a poster. It was just like a printed page explaining that that night that we were there, they were doing a uh, moonlit hike, like a guided moonlit hike. Okay. And it was the first one they were doing that year because it was finally like warm enough to go. And so Shelby and I went on this moonlit hike and like they handed out like black light flashlights and stuff. And so we went like scorpion hunting and stuff. And like it was just so fucking cool. You showed up at the main pavilion and the the guy explains like, okay, from this point forward, you cannot use a flashlight or a headlamp or anything. Right. Wow. We, We are hiking by the light of the moon and it was a full moon, which is why they were doing it. Yeah. And so it was just so fucking cool and a little bit creepy to be hiking around that valley with all the like the little goblin hoodoos and stuff, like the shadows from them and stuff was super fucking cool. And that sounds then, awesome. Yeah. Like I said, they handed out black black light flashlights because uh, scorpions will glow under a black light. And so we were looking for scorpions and stuff and it, it was super fucking cool. And then the next day we woke up and we hiked like 11 miles worth of trail. And so it, it was just, it was incredible and I love it so much and that's awesome. I want to go back again very soon. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, another one of my favorite places is actually Zion National Park. Um, I, I do love Zion. I went there a few times. We went there a few times as a family, but I didn't really do much then. But then I went back for like a Boy Scout trip. I, I did some hikes then and i had so much fun i've been on my Did favorite you do hike I've ever been Landing? On. no fuck that i'm not doing that no oh my god nope. dude so worth it definitely do angels landing 
Do you remember my experience with a Ferris wheel at Lagoon? Do you think I okay. could do Angel's Landing? Don't, don't do Angel's Landing. Thank you. Anyway, maybe I should tell that story sometime. Yeah, maybe anyway. you should. I'll put that in the notes. Yes, make sure you put it in the notes. I'll actually remember it this time. Hey, yeah. listener, there was something I mentioned in the last episode that I was like, oh, I'll tell that story another time. I don't remember what that is, and I can't find it in the episode. So if you remember, please tell me so that I can tell you guys that story. Thank you. Anyway, so my favorite hike that I've ever done was the Narrows at Zines Park because you're hiking to a river, so you stay cool all day long. We went there during the summer, so it was hot, but I had a lot of fun on that hike because we did a bunch of stuff and climbed a bunch of different walls. I had a really good time. Did you go to the Weeping Rock? Uh, Yes, I, I think we did. I mean, that one's like a super short one. It's only like a quarter mile hike. But it's this rock that it is consistently yeah, raining, raining. Under, underneath, yeah, underneath the rock. It. Yeah. And it's it's very cool. So, yeah, I think, anyways, I, think I also love that Zions. One. That one was fun. Yeah, we went on we went on a few hikes and I had a lot of fun. So yeah. That cool. Definitely some of my favorite places. Yeah, mine too. Well, I think that will just about wrap up our favorite places. And it looks like we're coming up on our time here, so I think we'll go ahead and call the episode here. No, 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 the whole the whole point. There was something that I mentioned before when a favorite national disaster, and you're like, you're like, no, nah, well, I'll, I'll tell you oh, on the that's podcast. Right. That's we right. have to do that. I don't care if this is a longer episode. Enjoy <laughs> the long episode, folks. I need an explanation to what your favorite natural disaster is. Okay. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start? Do you have a favorite natural disaster? Uh, windy. <laughs> it's just, it's just so windy. Oh my yep. god. I don't know. I think. Tornadoes are kind of cool. Like, as a kid, I saw, like, storm chasers and whatnot, and I was like, oh, that'd be so cool to do. That'd be so much fun. I also think Ooh, hurricanes tangent are pretty time. cool. I tangent also think time. Hurricane, hurricanes are pretty cool. I just like storms. So I, I really enjoy storms. I have a story about storm chasing. Okay. Okay. That actually has nothing to do with me actually storm chasing. But in my seventh grade drama class, we were required to essentially write a speech and give a speech. And it had to be about something that, like, I don't, I don't even know what the actual requirement was. But it, it was basically, like, we had to give a speech about something that we wanted to see changed, right? And so it was, like, the night before this was due, and I totally made up this entire speech about how, like, people should have to get licensed to be storm chasers because it's such a dangerous profession and peop- amateurs do it all the time. And I completely made up every statistic I used in that speech. I have no, like, maybe they actually do need to get licensed. I have no fucking clue, and I just made it up, and I got an A. (laughs) Hell yeah! (laughs) So anyways, there's that for you. Okay, you wanted to hear about my favorite natural disaster? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to preface this with my favorite type of natural disasters, and then the specific one that I'm thinking of, okay? Volcanoes. Ah, volcanoes. Volcanoes are fucking cool. Okay. They're really cool. Just mountains just exploding. I mean, okay, that one's more specifically like one instance I can think of where a mountain exploded. But yeah, uh Mount St. Helens. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one. Seeing seeing how that looked in person was really cool because it it looks like a mountain and then someone just like took like an ice cream scoop to it. It was really interesting to see. That's really cool. And I'm going to include geysers in this particular uh, favorites. Yeah, because geysers. Geysers are volcanoes. They're just water, not molten rock. 
Which, actually, water is a molten rock, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> water is lava. Water is not lava. Water is molten rock. Yes, because ice is rock. Ice is a rock. Ice, ice is a is solid a mineral. Yes, it is. Therefore, it's a rock. It is a rock. Okay. All right. So, uh, geysers are pretty fucking cool. Volcanoes, though, just like spewing hot, like literally molten rocks. Okay? Like, that's fucking cool. But we were talking about this list beforehand, and I brought up Krakatoa. Which sounds familiar. John doesn't know what Krakatoa is. Krakatoa is slash was a volcano in the south, like the south west pacific okay yes. so think around like malaysia yes i i know of krakatoa so back in the 1800s krakatoa erupted krakatoa erupted so violently that it broke windows like 200 miles away the sonic boom from this eruption encircled the earth seven times anyways it's just a very cool explosion if you want to go it look it up cool. go look it up there you go. That's my favorite natural disaster is Krakatoa. Awesome. Awesome. I don't know how to spell it either, so good luck looking it up. Maybe use voice text. Voice text. There you go. Okay. I suppose that was the last item anyway. All right. So we'll wrap it up here. Thank you all for listening. Is John, John going to give the outro? Ad. Oh, I forgot to do an ad. Do, do an ad. I don't want to do an ad. You don't want to do an ad? No. <clears throat> oh. Please listen to us. End of ad. <laughs> if you're going to give an ad, give an ad, John. <clears throat> Hi, listener. Do you enjoy listening to random tangents and random items that just come off the top of our head? Well. And or from our spouses. And or from our <laughs> significant, significant others. others. I'm not married yet. Anyway. <clears throat> then you'll love Brothers on a Tangent, where we talk about anything and everything because we're just two guys sitting in a basement doing this instead of therapy. Share it with your friends and family. Give them the experience of just listening to nonsense for about an hour or so. End of ad. Thank you, John. That was a beautiful ad. Thank Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> thank you all for listening so much. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page, uh, Brothers on a Tangent, uh, our subreddit, r slash Brothers on a Tangent, which I'm starting to get more involved with that. That's probably the one that I've I've become the most involved with, just because I'll there and I'll just see what people have posted, and so that that one's a good one. Um, share more memes. Share more memes. I enjoy the memes. I need to learn how to make memes because I keep wanting to make memes. I have about a website it. for you. Yeah. Okay. I'll show you after later. Uh, you can also you can also reach us at our email brothersonatangent at gmail dot com. That is um. A good way to talk with us. John has been dropping the ball on it because he doesn't think about checking his email as much, especially when he isn't getting notifications for it because someone else is also looking at it. Feel free to reach out, out to us on our email. We will try and get back to you in a timely manner. People who have reached out, we have managed to reply to in some manner uh, and try and get, get to them. Michael has reached out to them. Um, That's right. Michael has reached out to them. So feel free to reach out to us. Suggest topics. Talk with us. If you want to guest star, we can figure that out too. We aren't afraid. We we enjoy it. We enjoy having other people to talk with and not just the two of us. I know that there are ways to do guest stars remotely, and that's something that I've been trying to figure out how to do exactly. So if you don't live in Utah, Carissa, 
then you can reach out to us and uh, we'll try to get figure out that guest star stuff. Exactly. Car- Carissa reached out to us. She wants to guest star. I did see that. I yeah, did see that. So, anything else? Did I miss anything? No, I think you got it all. That was a pretty good outro for hey, your first time. Sounds good. It's only episode twelve, so <laughs> excellent work, John. You, you you always take over, so you know I figured I'd, I'd get one in there, especially because last time I you know I was just the, I was just the guest star, and you slept through half of and it. And I slept through half of it. <laughs> really, really tired. Really, really long week. Anyway. They don't want your excuses. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.